welcome to episode 349 of Good Luck High Five, a podcast for anybody who likes to play magic, no matter what way you like to play, be it competitively, on arena, heading out to FNM, a Grand Prix, or just playing on your tabletop counter with your friends. This is the podcast for you. I'm one of your hosts, Maria, and this week uh, we have a very special guest joining us. It's Amateur Pro Greg. Hi, Maria. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Thank you so much. Greg is filling in for Megan, who is hiking in the desert, yeah. everybody. Ooh. So probably making friends with a few cacti and, you know, like vultures and, you know, squirrels, foxes, abandoned tents from campers. Wow. Do you think she'll leave her own abandoned tent for someone else to become a friend with later? <laughs> no. You Is that to... how hiking works? Well, you have to leave your campsite cleaner than you found it, Craig. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So probably not. But on the other so hand, the abandoned tent is extra sad because like not only was it abandoned, <laughs> but someone also broke the rules. Yes, absolutely. Huh. Yeah, hiking, um, a lot of people don't know that it is a, a trial for the soul <laughs> out there in the desert as well. But yeah, Greg is joining us this week. You might have heard him on lots of episodes of Good Luck High Five in the past. And of course, on our stream on twitch.tv slash GLHF Magic, you yep. streamed for us for a long time. Yep, I'm uh, missing my stream. I'm in a, in a hiatus because of grad school, but it's great that I can come back and still be on the podcast from time to time. Yes, and why do we call you Amateur Pro, Greg? Uh, because I uh, am... Uh, more of a pro than someone who's not a pro, but less of a pro than someone who is a pro. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> well, I, so I am um, what many people would call like a grinder. So I, I travel to GPs somewhat frequently. Uh, usually I'll play in somewhere between about six to 10 GPs a year um, playing. Usually limited is my favorite, but I like to play standard when I can, modern when I can. I'll travel with friends. And so, you know, I've accrued some pro points over the uh, over the last few years. I've uh, I've been to three pro tours this uh, this year and last year. Um, and so I have some pro experience, um, but I'm, you know, not at the level of like a solid pro. While the pro systems existed, I was the I was a bronze level pro. And Greg, so. by the way, is a very good player as well on top of this. So I just want you all to know that any advice he gives, you should heed uh, because he's great at magic. Well, on today's episode, don't play any lands. <laughs> Okay, not that piece of advice. Any other advice he says, <laughs> that one you should probably, yeah, you should probably not listen to that. <laughs> but on today's show, we're going to talk all about Throne of Eldraine and the pre-release. Yeah, the set just came, or is about to come out, and the pre-release was last weekend. Hopefully you went and had an amazing time. If you didn't, hopefully you've been playing on Arena. If none of those are true, what are you doing? Go home right now and download Arena on your non-Mac computer. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's so sad. <laughs> and uh, play some Eldraine, because this set is a ton of fun. Yeah, I have been having just a blast playing it Greg I told you like I, I went to one paper pre-release and I played like seven on arena because I just could not stop it was just like an amazing set to play yeah. so I've also found that like talking to people who don't play magic this is a really good set to like kind of lure people in that's a weird way to say that <laughs> to, hey, like you know i was hey telling kid, my friends who don't play magic? magic about this set and about like the fairy tale theme and i was like yeah there's like a little mermaid card and i told them about like trapped in a tower which is all about like rapunzel and you know you like trap a creature in a tower and then it can't do anything but if it has flying it can get out of the tower and uh, it just you know, makes sense. It's the, people the, can right. People you know, can really relate to, to the cards, and um, and so I know a, a good friend of mine who had just started playing came to the pre-release, and she had a really good time and was enjoying the fairy tale mechanics. Um, awesome. So. 
So like if you've got a friend that's been thinking about getting into magic, maybe now this is a great set to introduce them to the game with. And we're going to be talking all about our experience at the pre-release, what we think of the limited environment, uh, cards that have overperformed and underperformed for us. So if you're heading into draft on Arena or at your LGS or anything like that, you're going to have some great information going in, playing any sealed with your buddies. You'll have great info going in. And uh, yeah, we're just going to talk about our experience. We can talk about the best format in Magic PyGow and... uh, (laughs) Some real real highs and lows in Pi Gal in this format. Great. We're definitely going to need to dive into that, Greg. But before we do any of that, we have some very important people to thank. And of course, you are those important people. If you support the podcast on patreon.com slash GLHF magic, thank you for being such a wonderful human being. You are keeping the show on the air, coming out of your cat's mouth every single week. Plus all of our video content over on youtube.com slash good luck high five. Any streams that we do, it supports all of that work that we do. In fact, Greg is a patron and he is sitting here on the show. I am a patron. So I don't know if you have an excuse. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think uh, like, for example, Greg, just really quick. Why? Why are you a patron? Uh, I'm a patron because I love the Good Luck High Five content and I listen to it very frequently and I feel like I should give back, especially because I've been lucky enough to I got to meet Megan and Maria and now we are friends. Oh, uh, thanks. So they're just such great people to <laughs> give to. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so happy. I know you too. So yeah, head on over to patreon.com slash GLHF magic. If you too want to become a part of the family, we've got great giveaways for you as well in there and challenges. You get to challenge us on arena once a month. It's super fun. Okay. We got to talk about these. So they say when you're a patron, you can challenge them to any format. Okay, everyone, (laughs) any format. And people keep being like, let's challenge them to standard. No, no, no. We have to be more. We as the patrons have to be more creative. Think of a silly format. One drops only. What an awesome sounding format. Four drops only. That sounds worse, but let's go for it. (laughs) Great point. You can only play uncommons. What a great format. Yeah. You can only play uncommons that start with vowels. What an excellent format. Oh, boy. So, I'm and, getting nervous for a next challenge <laughs> and day. They, they have said they'll accept any challenge. That's true. So so get your creative caps on and uh, we're going to think of some really fun ones because I don't I only own Max right now, so I can't play Arena. And so I can't challenge them to silly formats. But so. it is coming out on Mac pretty soon. It is coming so out on Mac. Fingers very crossed. Soon. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So they say. Yeah. So, so they, they say. say. So they yeah. say. And if you're a patron, you get to do that. And of course, the October challenge will be coming up. So anytime if your patron before that challenge hits and somewhere near the middle of the month, you'll be good to go to challenge, challenge us on arena. If you need some ideas, reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at never bully B O L E. And uh, we can brainstorm some <laughs> wacky, wacky formats for the challenge. We also have to say a big thank you to Card Kingdom. Head to cardkingdom.com slash GLHF for anything you need in your magical life. If you want to buy a box of Throne of Eldraine, they will gladly sell you one. You can ask for a good luck high five sticker or a token in your order. And they'll include that for free. And guess what? It's Card Kingdom's 20th birthday. Whoa. Yeah, so they're celebrating all month long in October. Starting on the 7th, they're going to include a foil squirrel token in your order. That's which awesome. is about the best thing that I've ever heard. Any reason to buy anything ever. Uh, they're just a fantastic company. And also to celebrate their birthday on the 27th of October is going to be their event called the Chalice, which is a big community tournament that they stream from their location up in Washington. It's going to be awesome. 16 community members competing to be the top spot. Megan is one of those community Whoa. members. 
who will be competing against people like The Professor, like Cube April, who we love, friend of the show, of course. Of course. Brad Nelson is going to be playing in this tournament, and it's all going to be streamed on Card Kingdom's channel. I'll be doing commentary for it. And the cool. point is we're raising money for a great charity, uh, and you can find all about out all about that in the show notes or below this YouTube video. I've put a link to our fundraising place because we've got to help Megan out. Ooh, okay. The more money we raise for the chalice in her name, and Good Luck High Five's name, the better she can do in one of the challenges, which she's got a draft boost from old magic sets but she wants to be able to choose those right because oh, you get okay. the best you get the best chances if you get to choose which boosters you're building your stuff from uh so we gotta we gotta raise that cha-ching oh yeah i mean Megan. we need she needs every edge to beat the brad nelsons I of mean, the world seriously that's that guy is pretty good at magic yeah he's in the mpl so if you want to donate to a good cause uh head Helping on over megan win at the tournament <laughs> yeah, is the good what, cause that's what to it be is very clear <laughs> that you're donating to <laughs> you can head on over to the link included in the show notes and support uh the wonderful charity uh for, for the chalice and card kingdom and good luck high five so thank you so much and if you just want to win free stuff this is october means a new month of our gleam giveaway oh. once again link down in the show notes or under the video and our winner from last month congratulations goes out to nicholas zeitler yay congratulations you have won a prize pack package from card kingdom good luck high five and ultra pro which will be heading your way very shortly and if you want to be like nicholas and win some free stuff for you know absolutely nothing go click on that link and enter our giveaway wow i mean come on yeah you know they say there's nothing like a free lunch wait what do they say there's no such, no thing, such thing as a, as free, a free lunch, lunch but there is such a thing as, as free, free swag magic content and swag yeah free magic content definitely that's yeah, what you're sure. listening to right that's now. what's happening right now yeah. yeah like if you're not a patron that's okay because this content will always be free yeah because of people who are patrons so thank you so much everybody once again and let's start the show yay <laughs> It's time to talk about Throne of Eldraine pre-release. Yeah, what a phenomenal weekend. Oh, it was so fun. Greg, I always say it on the show, and it's always true. I love nothing more than pre-release day. Oh, yeah. I was just, I've been having a really hard week. I've been really busy at grad school. I, like, totally forgot about the pre-release, and Thursday hit, and I was just like, oh, my God. I get to go play a pre-release tomorrow. And yeah. I was so excited. And it just like took my mood from being like kind of down in the dumps to just like super elevated. And I just got, I played in two pre-releases this weekend. Both of them were a ton of fun. My decks were super different. The set is just like silly and fun. And I, man, I just had an awesome weekend. So you took advantage of the 4 p.m. Friday pre-release. So I played right? in a 7 p.m. Friday oh, okay, pre-release. But I, and I said this on Twitter and I'll say it again. I think I've been playing Magic for over 15 years and I think the Friday night pre-release is the best change they've ever made because Friday night Magic is already a thing. Right. And people already have their Friday nights blocked off to play Magic. Uh, but then there's this cool pre-release thing and for some reason you had to wait till Saturday and no one would ever play Friday Night Magic those nights. And uh, I remember that being sad when I was a Friday night magic regular but now you can play pre-releases on friday night and it was so great um i went to tower games in minneapolis uh had a lovely pre-release experience there and then we were both at uh lodestone coffee and games yes uh, in a minneapolis yeah yes. uh fabulous day overall um grand takeaways from playing the pre-release i said i played one in paper and about seven online i'm gonna mostly talk about the paper one yeah um the set flavor is through the roof. Absolutely. It is wonderful. And we're going to talk a little bit later about some flavor <laughs> wins and fails that came up for us at the pre-release because some great stuff happened. But I think they knocked it out of the park. Greg. Absolutely. I 
in fact, am surprised by like how much stuff they were allowed to do. How many things that are like such obvious and blatant references to fairy tales. Yeah. You know, things like Goldilocks that they just like have a card that is just so clearly Goldilocks. Beauty or and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast or the Little Mermaid or Rapunzel or all these things. It's just so blatant. Um, but it really hits home for me because I'm like, oh, yeah, like this makes sense and does something cool. And you know what? Watching too, I didn't actually looking through this. You'd think I noticed this looking through the, the, the preview page and all this kind of stuff of all of the cards. But seeing it in person, I'm like, this is a lot sillier than I thought it even would be. Yeah, definitely. Watching people play with these cards. And you know what? That actually filled me with a lot of joy. Yeah. Because I- sometimes people take this hobby of magic, I think, slightly too seriously. Sometimes you should obviously but i think a lot of times we should just take a step back and be like (laughs) dudes we're playing a card game here oh for sure and it's great i thought so mark rosewater talked a lot about how the set had a like build your own fairy tale thing and i really felt that during the event like there were things oh that's for example like having the goldilocks card and then getting the three bears and then having them all in play i was like oh in my fairy tale they're like on the same team and we're like fight like goldilocks and the three bears are teaming up against an enemy (laughs) right that's not what happens in the story but like i get to choose oh that's you know awesome. or like or like my my you know crystal slipper isn't going on the beloved princess it's gonna go on you know the this charming frog, prince you know? yes and, and so i thought just like being able, having these flavorful tools to be able to build something with just like felt really fun which makes me kind of think about what's going to happen with Ikoria coming out next Ooh, year and the monsters. We're going to be able to put crystal slippers on some really funny things, I oh, hope. Oh, you're, <laughs> you're right! Because there would be monsters in the set wearing crystal slippers! If, you know, you make a really probably bad standard deck. <laughs> <laughs> or chaos draft. But uh, as far as gameplay and stuff went, how did you find Sealed? Yeah, so Sealed is traditionally a pretty slow format. You can usually play expensive cards, play your bombs, be a little greedy with colors, and I think um, this set is no exception. In fact, I think it might have felt even on the slower end of sets you know in my first standard deck i was playing a couple two drops kind of just because they were two drops that didn't really fit the theme of my uh deck uh and didn't really have much synergy and by the end i had taken those cards out of my deck because they just felt like a waste like i would play this two drop to either like stop their aggression or to put some aggression on on my own and they just be outclassed so quickly not I'm not saying all two drops are bad. Um, Definitely there are lots of good two drops in this set. But if you're playing it kind of just because it's a two drop, maybe Sealed is not the environment for that mindset. Yeah, it is definitely slower. That is 100% true. I think a big reason for this is that food Food is all over the place. And so everyone can gain three life um, kind of at whim because they'll usually have a few foods sitting around. Um, Foods are really useful for other things. So you don't always want to trade them in for life. But you always have that option. Right. Um, And it it felt like most colors had access to food. um, And I... uh, It just stretches out games for sure. Um, And I I felt bad for my aggro opponents because like they would get me to five and then they'd be like, got like, I really need to push the final damage in. But then I could just start gaining three life every couple turns. And that's just so much more damage that they have to chip in. That being said, I did get aggroed out in the paper pre-release for sure. My third round opponent had a very good Mardu Knights deck. And yeah, I just couldn't stop it. It was too fast. I I mean, I I definitely saw good aggro curves, but it felt like you really needed to put the right pieces together, which makes me excited about draft because in draft, you can more easily put all the right pieces together 
um, because you're not just limited to your six packs. So I'm really excited to see what the aggro decks look like in draft. For sure. But in sealed, it really felt like you needed exactly the right pieces. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about um, how the mechanics played out in this set because we got three new things, adamant, adventure, and food. We talked about food slowing the games down, which is 100% true. I also just thought all the food cards were pretty good. Um, Like, for example, I think Trail of Crumbs is a card that some people underestimated, but is a phenomenal enabler for the food deck uh, and can be really good and help you draw cards and draw out games uh, of limited. And just like once you have one or two payoffs, just random things that make food, like the three mana tempting witch. Yes. It's a one three that makes a food and can use food she can to kill drain you. them. Oh, she'll like, kill you. like she's like only okay on the surface, but I was really impressed with her because just like having a food gives you a lot of utility if you have food synergies. Yeah, and I think it makes for a trickier decision sometimes than I think people were prepared for. Do I sacrifice this yeah. food? When do I do it? Oh, do I still have cards left in my deck that care about me having a food? Should I should I leave it alone or should I crack it? This was really complicated because a, a common like um, idea of competitive play is like use your mana efficiently, right? If it's it's your if your opponent's end step, you're about to untap, you have two mana up in a food, well you should take food. the opportunity now because who knows if you'll have mana later. But if you have cards in your deck like a trail of crumbs, that might make you sad that you throw your food away. Yeah. So kind of subtle decisions like this can have big impacts later in the game. Adventure is one of the mechanics that a lot of people were talking about as adding complexity to the set. And we just talked about how surprisingly complex food turned out to be. Well, times that by about 50,000 and you have adventure. Adventure is a lot of choices um, in one card, which is good. I mean, I I was excited. I liked that, like, sometimes you have this pressure in an aggro deck of, like, do I play creatures or do I play combat tricks? Because you want a nice balance. But there are so many creatures that are both creatures and combat tricks that you get a lot more flexibility. And And talk about how good that is, too, for something like an aggressive deck to have that built-in card advantage that it normally doesn't have access to because it doesn't play card draw. That's absolutely true. This is exactly what I'm excited to see. Boom. I spent this, but guess what? I still have the card. Absolutely. It was so great to still have four cards in hand at a time when I normally would have had two or one. Yeah. Like, I was just like, wait a second. This is awesome. (laughs) That said, I, and I'm sure many other people had this experience on multiple occasions, forgot about my creatures that were on adventures. Yes, I did. They just went on adventures and I kind of put them to the side and there were a lot of creatures on the board. And 10 turns later, I looked over and I was like, oh, my queen of ice. She's just been off. Off in in the Iceland for about she's ten. She's been turns. singing some songs. She's been letting it go, and yeah. uh, now she's back. So I, uh, 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 my second match, I was like, okay, this time I'm putting the uh, uh, on an adventure token down and putting my creature on that. Even then, I still forgot about it. But this is my handy tip: do that instead of just putting it off to the side from your graveyard or whatever your exile zone, because that will help you remember more than just moving it a couple inches in some kind of direction. I agree. For Especially real. if you can put your advent one adventure zone token and have you and your opponent use it and then kind of all those cards oh. pile up there and then it's like very visible. One of my opponents suggested this and it was neither of us forgot. And okay. it, was a, it was a nice That's visual a good trick. idea. Yeah, for sure, because it's the easy thing to forget that you're off there, uh, you know, uh, running rampant through the kingdom doing who knows what on yeah. your adventure. And you ended up loving adamant as well i i do have a lot of good things to say about adamant so my first deck was a a straight two color deck no splashing at all and it had it was blue red 
It had a lot of blue adamant cards. It had a lot of red adamant cards. And it had one of the artifacts with adamant. And, you know, I just never really struggled to hit adamant. I, it felt like every time I needed it, it was there. Um, I think Dr. Uh, Frank Kirsten could run run some numbers absolutely. for us So on notably, this. I think the, the three mana artifacts are really interesting. Because if you're a straight two color deck, um, on turn four, the only way to not be able to adamant it is if you have exactly two of one source and exactly two of the other, right? If you have a three, one split either way, you can play it for its adamant bonus. Um, And just like most turn fours, I either had three islands or three mountains and could play it and draw a card. Yeah. Um, And I was, I kind of hadn't put that together. I was like, only on turn like six or seven, will I be able to do this? And it's just like, no, that that's not true. Um, And, you know, none, none of my adamant cards were that punishing. Like I had a lot of the red thing that deals five damage to a creature. And then if you have adamant, it deals three damage to the player. Um, That one, if you only cast it to kill a creature, you're not that upset. No. Um, And so like that was an example of something that I felt like the bonus was there when I needed it. But if I really had to play it on turn five, I wasn't that sad if I couldn't get its adamant cost. I'm going to so. talk a little bit about uh, relevant to this. My deck that I played in the yeah. pre-release. Let's pull this bad boy out and, and take a take a peek here. Um, I played two copies of Vantress Paladin, which is the 2-2 flyer with Adam and gets a plus one, plus one counter in blue. Okay. Three and a blue to cast her. And I was like, I'm not sure if I should be playing this card um, because maybe I won't always have Adamant. You know what? Turns out it was just stinking good enough. Yeah. And I usually had it. So, like, what was I worried about? Vantress Paladin, get in the deck. Um I want to talk about this deck because I loved it. Yeah. If you saw me on Twitter this past weekend, I tweeted out this deck and I'll put a video of it here in the video version of the podcast, but it was blue red and it was like I drafted it. Yeah. That's awesome. It was basically like a blue red draft deck, um, which I'm going to pull out the cards that uh, were kind of like uh, enablers or payoffs for improbable Alliance, which is what this deck was built around. Now, if you don't know what this card is, it's a uh, blue and a red for an enchantment. It's an uncommon. Whenever you draw your second card, each turn, create a one, one blue fairy creature token with flying. And then you can pay four blue red to draw a card and discard a card. So it has its own ability kind of like built into itself, which is awesome. This is what they call a build around uncommon, which in sealed, usually you can't do, but I just had the pool for it. It was so wonderful, Greg. It was so much fun to play this deck i can't wait to draft it i had payoffs like mad ratter in this deck which is the one two whenever you draw your second card each turn create two black rat creature tokens so you make a lot of rats merchant of the veil which helped me activate improbable alliance which is the rummager from the set that also has adventure with hagel tacked onto it which lets you discard and draw hagel great name what did i say hagel 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 yeah there you go go. i'm so minnesotan (laughs) Hegel, yeah, what's wrong? Hegel. Hegel. (laughs) And then it comes into play as a two threes. For two and a red, you can discard and draw. Uh, Just brilliant. Blood Haze Wolverine is a little two one for two. Whenever you draw your second card each turn, it gets plus one, plus one in first strike until end of turn. So I also played a blue-red deck at one of my pre-releases, and I went undefeated with it. Excellent. Um, I had a bunch of these synergies, too. I had a Fairy Vandal which is two mana for a one, two flying flash that whenever you draw your second card, it gets a plus one, plus one counter. Yeah. Um, and I had the Iron Crag Pyromancer. Oh, I wish I had three that. mana zero four that whenever you cast your second spell, you get to deal three damage to any target. That one was really nice. Seems and crazy good. I had the Planeswalker, the <gasps> blue, red, Rowan Will twins wow. who let you draw and discard a card every turn. But did you have Improbable Alliance? I did not have Improbable Alliance. Oh, then it would have been perfect. That, But, but, 
I, let me say that the planeswalker with the, the 04 that lightning bolt something every turn <laughs> felt like about the most unfair yeah. thing I could possibly do in draft. And many games I played one than the other immediately and just like there was nothing they could do. Like golden egg. This card, you know, comes into play. Draw a card, you know. Give me a break. Play that card. Tome Raider. One yeah. one fairy draws a card. ETB. One Play that card. of my personal favorite cards based on power level and silliness is the card turn into a pumpkin. OK. Four mana bounce something. Draw a card enables all your uh, enables all your draw a second card. Sure. It's an instant. So you can blow people out in combat. You can save your thing from a removal spell. You can stop their combat trick. If you stop their combat trick, that was an adventure. The whole thing gets countered. So it goes to the graveyard True. and it makes a food. If you're adamant, which enables kind of blues, if you have an artifact or enchantment thing, because you get this random food. I just I love right, turn you're into all, a pumpkin. You're all in on on the pumpkin. All in on turn into a pumpkin. I also if have, you had it in this deck, it would would have been amazing. I didn't. I did have run away together, which oh. is a similar effect, kind of. Uh, choose two target creatures controlled by different players. Return those creatures to their owners' hands for two mana. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about my promo card that I got, which Ooh. was Robber of the Rich, which is the Robin Hood card. Yeah. Of the set. It's a mythic 2-2 for one in red with reach and haste, because I guess he has a bow and arrow. He has reach. Sure. Uh, whenever it attacks, defending player has, if the defending player has more cards in hand than you, exile the top card of their library. During any turn, you attacked with a rogue. Okay. You may uh, cast that card and spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast it. Uh, it was a 2-2 for two. Really? And really? Yeah. That's so sad. I know. Wow. I, I think in draft, it'll be better. Okay. But in sealed, this was a 2-2 two, two for two. Yeah. I literally never was in a position to get any cards with it. Wow. But I'm also drawing cards. I was red blue. So yeah. like, I was always the rich one. Yeah. And fair. Robin Hood was somehow still on my team. Ew. Build your own fairy tale. <laughs> that fairy tale doesn't make any sense. I My promo was the Clackenbridge Troll. Oh, which yeah. Which is the troll from the three Billy Groats Gruff. Uh, that card is... I'm not going to explain it because it has a lot of text, but it is really busted. I think it might be the best rare in the set. Hogak 2.0. Uh, I don't think it's that good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think in, in limited, limited, it might as well be. Yeah, I would not suggest playing this card in standard, but uh, in limited, if you open it, be very excited and go out of your way to play it. Do you have any thoughts early on now about if this is like what we like to call a prince or a pauper format, which is a very funny thing to say in a fairy tale. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, is a this a peasant or a noble format? Yeah, peasant or noble, <laughs> which, by the way, Magic went back and retroactively made a bunch of cards nobles because yeah. it's a new creature type, but not noble hierarch. Really? Still just a human. Wow. I, I wonder if it. that's because it would be like too and they're worried because that card sees so much play. I don't know. Probably. Yeah. They don't want to mess with something so important to modern but what was i saying I, oh yeah is does this format rely on rares and mythics and busted cards or is it fine if you have a lot of really good comments one thing i felt about this format and i think some of the last ones is while they i i feel like this is a big bomb heavy format that has a lot of good bombs but i also feel like there are some really good bombs at uncommon like, for example, I think the cycle... Turn into a pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> Turn into a pumpkin, I think, is a really good value card. I wouldn't call it a bomb. <laughs> um, but, I, for example, I had one of the um, uncommon monocolored knights in my deck. I had the red one, um, and I saw the white one. I saw the blue one. Um, I'm not sure I saw the black or green ones, but all, all of those just felt 
really strong for uncommons. Um, and so those kind of felt like bombs, even though they weren't actually rares. Sure. Um, I think we saw some of that in like War of the Spark too. Some of the uncommon planeswalkers were really high power level. And so even though that was such a bomby format, there were bombs at uncommon. Too. So does this mean that the limited play is not great? I think it means the limited play is better because there are a lot of bombs, but like there are more bombs available because normally in a bomb heavy format. So Fate Reforged is the most famous example of this. Yes, it was a really bomb heavy format where the common and uncommons just were nowhere close to as good as the rares. Um, and, and it just all that mattered is what rares you opened. I think that's less true here. And while I think it's really bomby, I think like sometimes your bomby cards aren't your rares, they're your uncommon. So you have more chances to draw, oh, to, to open bombs. And, you know, too, I think this is one of my takeaways, which you're going to be like, duh, Maria, <laughs> is that the decks that it performed well for me were not always the ones that were bomb heavy. Yeah. Meaning like I played decks with Oko, I played decks with Garrick. But the decks that got me to seven wins on Arena were the ones that had the most removal. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Like, end of sentence. That's that's what the difference... Did I have turn into a pie? Did I have Reeve Soul? Did I have trapped in a tower? Yeah. You know what I mean? Removal is so, really good and limited. That's what they say. Yeah. But I'm like, maybe even it's even slightly more important in a format okay. that relies on bombs. What yeah. do you think? I mean, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I definitely saw some very scary must-answer cards from my opponent. Things like... Piper of the Swarm um, or things like Feasting Troll King or the Clackenbridge Troll that I just mentioned, which are things that you just like, they will kill you if you don't get them off the battlefield right away. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes you even need a specific answer, right? Like the Troll King comes back if you sacrifice food. So that one you have to trap in a tower. Lockmere Servant. Why is that card rare? Yeah, that card's really good. <laughs> oh, it should be a mythic. Just be aware of it, everybody. It's out there. Yeah. If you're like, why isn't my opponent who's playing blue or black playing anything this turn? Doop, 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 doop. <laughs> Don't let yourself die. Okay. <laughs> Consider this a PSA. The more you know. Because I got by that card. I got, yep. got by it. And if your like green blue opponent mysteriously has a swamp. Yes. Pretty good chance they have a serpent waiting. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good reason to splash. Do you think the format is slow enough because of food tokens and all the rest of it that um, you should consider splashing if possible? So I don't know. I think that so I had I had two decks. One was straight two color. The other was two colors with two splashes uh, and both felt good. But this whole thing I was saying about the adamant payoffs, I had some adamant cards in my two color two splashes deck that I just never got to get the adamant on. Uh, and it was a definite downgrade in those cards. And yeah. so I think that I, I'm not sure I would splash outside of green right now. It felt like green had a couple of ways to splash. Like I had the beanstalk giant. Uh, well, which is everybody's got the egg. The Everyone has egg. the egg. That's true. That's true. And that's everybody a good has a spinning card. wheel as well. That's also true. Maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe it is a good splashing format. I don't know. I just like didn't have those cards, so I didn't think about them. Well, there's not the lands. There's there's no dual right. lands. There's anymore. no dual lands so except the one rare one. That um, um that doesn't feel as great. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I my deck splashed Garrick. Yeah. Which is oh, obviously fine. Right. Oh, <laughs> like and there's a, a green card that taps for a mana of any color or goes on an adventure to make a mana yeah. of any color. Yeah, the elf. That's that's another nice green fixer. Um. So I don't know. I think it will depend a lot on your pool. If you have fixing, then you might be able to splash. If not, you might want to look to the adamant payoffs uh, as a way to kind of be on the other side of having no fixing. 
Uh, and if you have no fixing and no adamant payoffs, well, that's uh, that's sad. Too bad to be you. <laughs> My, we call it we call it a, a poor man splash when you have to splash, but you have no fixing. But like, I don't know if you're sometimes a, you have to. You're a blue white deck, and you have a lock mirror serpent. Yeah. You're not gonna not splash it. No, you're just gonna you're like gonna play, play three it. swamps and be kind of sad yeah. that you don't have any nice fixing. Let's talk about as we move forward to playing some draft and potentially more sealed for you in your future what cards we thought were awesome and which cards were like oh this wasn't as good as we thought it would be yeah absolutely so i mentioned my first overperformer, which is turn into a pumpkin you love that i card. just every time i had it up i felt like i was invincible i felt like my opponent couldn't seriously block they couldn't do anything anytime i had bounce available yep i felt like that and if they did something i would draw stop their thing draw a card and get a food and it's like, just like GG. Yeah, it's just GG. Put, put, put me so far ahead. Well, I mean, and white... it's so silly. You're making things into pumpkins. <laughs> well, how is this not like? <laughs> I know it's so. Great. No one ever laughed. I was like, oh, like, look, like, like see that now. elf you have? Oh no, it's a pumpkin. And like, I thought this was very funny. I would but, laugh, Greg. You know, I think that's well, think as you say, sometimes you know it can be a serious environment. You're at a store. You're playing a playing an event. You know. Hey, think pumpkin is one of the silliest fruits. <laughs> Name a sillier fruit than a pumpkin. Kumquat. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that one. I'll give yes. you that one. Pumpkin's a fruit, right? That's not a vegetable. I have no idea. It's a gourd. Is a gourd like a different, like, is that seems outside of like it of should be a vegetable. It like grows vegetable? out of the ground, not on trees. Is that what matters or where the no, seeds are? No, it's seeds. Ooh. That's why a tomato is a fruit. Right. Even though it tastes like a vegetable. You suck tomato. <laughs> Sorry, but it had to be said. You're the worst tasting fruit. Wow. Get used you to it. You are absolutely right. You know what? Nothing but hot takes here, Greg. Nothing yeah. but hot takes. Yeah. But I don't know. If you know if a pumpkin is a fruit or a vegetable or a gourd, or if there's a third category for, uh, you know, food, <laughs> please tweet at GLH of Magic with the hashtag, turn into a pumpkin. Because <laughs> I need to know. Uh, my, my card that I thought is, you know, if you've played the set, you already know the, uh, that this is true. But if you haven't, I'm going to let you know. Out Muscle is insane. And you should play it card is stupid yeah if you have adamant like it's so so good you deal with one of their creatures your creature gets a counter that stays on it forever it's uh indestructible so then you can attack for five or six if you want to like get out of here can i tell you a story about out muscle and my opponent absolutely they um we, we were on the sports state and i had a really scary creature and they played out muscle on i forget what their creature was um but they had it fight my creature you're gonna tell me about turn into a pumpkin but you know right what now. their creature was a pumpkin the whole time <laughs> and i don't know why they had their pumpkin fight my creature it didn't work out well for them their out muscle was countered i drew a card i got a food and then i untapped and was very far ahead what okay. a foolish move of my opponent to fight my creature with their pumpkin so i do it as soon as i saw that clinton you're on i'm like he's gonna talk about turn into a pumpkin again i just know it <laughs> Yeah, pumpkin's not very strong. Not, not good at being... muscling things. No, no. Yeah, my creature was able to squash the pumpkin. <laughs> oh, I get it. Or is it a squash? Oh. I don't think squash is a type of uh, food. Okay, well, we'll get to I mean, it would include somehow. like zucchini and squash. I also loved Outflank, um, which is a fun little white removal spell that kills something or does damage to something equal to the number of creatures you control. Which is, it's just one white mana, so people aren't expecting it. Yeah. No one expects the outflank. Yeah, so just be aware that that card exists. Uh, another card in white I did love was Youthful Knight. Yeah, Youthful Two Knight first striker. is nice. Um, a lot of times in the most recent sets, um, small creatures haven't had first strike on defense. 
Um, they've only had first strike on offense. For example, first front faced, fresh faced recruit yeah. from Guilds of Ravnica was a two on with first strike when it's your turn. And that's because it can be really awkward to attack when your opponent has one or even multiple first strike creatures. Usually means you have no good attacks. But one of my opponents went turn two youthful knight, turn three youthful yeah. knight, and I just like, you they got to control the combat. If they wanted to attack, I couldn't really block profitably. But if they didn't want to attack, I could not attack back into no, their army of no. first strikers. I did so. that as well in one of my sealed pools, and it was it felt so powerful because I think four power is the the power number of this set. Yeah. That is and four toughness, honestly, which is I think why the little green spider is a one five. Oh yeah, that card felt nice too because everything has four power. So if you have two youthful knights, like what are they gonna do? Yeah kill a two one for two oof that feels bad turn that into a pie yuck yeah turning a two drop into a pumpkin is not that exciting also <laughs> turning things that can go on adventures into pumpkins is not very exciting because oh, then they get yeah. to go on their adventure again to go on, the pumpkins yeah. going on an adventure do you think yeah. that's the flavor it's of the that? adventure is to turn it away from being a pumpkin. oh turn back into whatever back they into were a, a, a human that makes sense um, oh i liked um the adventure that destroys an artifact Oh, it's excellent. That was a card that was a big overperformer for 100%. me. 100%. Um, I found myself not casting it on, on turn two because I didn't really care about the two one. But there were just so many random artifacts. Um, you could at least tag a food token usually. Oh, yeah. Um, once my opponent played turn one Gilded Goose and I played turn one uh, Destroy Target Artifact and took out the food token they made and then they got Rude. mana screwed. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's where you're thinking ahead, Greg. You're like, I'm going to mana screw my opponent. <laughs> no, but seriously, there's so many artifacts in this set that that card is excellent. Yeah. Really good inclusion. And I think you can play stuff like just straight up artifact enchantment removal main deck. I, I main decked my return to nature and yep. I felt I was always happy to have it. For sure. So, yeah, uh, Love's First Kiss. Is that what that card is called? First, True, True Love's, Love's Kiss. Kiss. Yeah, that's just straight up. Yeah. Um, but you also get to draw a card, too, yeah, which yeah. is pretty good. Um, uh, you did not like Queen yeah. of Ice. Queen of Ice was a card that I have heard a lot of people say was great, and probably I will come to eat my words later once I get more experience with it. But I was just, I thought it was kind of awkward. I mean, I, I was a very it. controlling deck, and so, like, I already had good defenses and didn't really need it to... Well, that's the problem. I think it's a tempo card. Yeah. I just like didn't need it. I, I don't yeah, know. I no. guess I, just every time I drew it, I had better things to it's do with my same, mana. It's the same reason you didn't want to play Time of Ice in a controlling deck back in Dominaria. I guess that that's true. Right? Yeah. You raise a good point. Because I love I love playing tempo decks and that's but what this blue red Someone was. told me that they thought at first it was the best blue common. And so I saw it and I was really excited. And then I played it and I was just like this. Just every time I drew it, I wasn't that happy to see it. So certainly not in a control deck. I can understand yeah. that. For I, sure. I'm not. I think it's a good card. I think you should play it. I think likely I'll listen to this back again in a month and be like, what was I saying? Queen of Ice is amazing. Um, but in my one tournament that I played it, I was unimpressed. I did not like so tiny. Oh, I loved so tiny to me. My problem with it was it did not make things very tiny. Yeah, well... It made it into a 2-4. That's not tiny. You should try playing it in the middle of combat. That's a combat <laughs> trick. Yeah, maybe my creatures are too small to make for it to matter, yeah, okay. I think. That is a little awkward. Because it was really nice when there was like a flying battle. You know, like kind of flying creatures yeah. are all kind of small. So you attack with your flyer, they block. You make tiny. it so tiny. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I think if you have a way to block profitably with so tiny, but in my blue red deck, like the problem was I was never blocking profitably ever. Yeah. So like all it was doing was stemming the bleeding, which okay. is something that I don't really want to spend a card yeah. on. 
sometimes my opponent um, wouldn't say please when they cast their spells. And as a result, a bunch of things got into their graveyard. And so then my so tiny made their things very tiny. Ah, uh, yes. An important life lesson. That's so there's true. There's somewhere buried in there. I think what I'm thinking of is there's a card that's like so tiny that makes things smaller than that. Then minus two minus O. In like a different set? Or in yeah, in set? a different set. Probably. So maybe I was just disappointed in that. Yeah. Respect. I had an opponent at the paper pre-release who played two copies of Revenge of Ravens against me. I'll I'll be honest. I have no experience with this card yet. I haven't even seen it. I don't Greg, know what it looks like. Let me but tell you. Everyone, I just everyone keeps talking about how busted it is. This card is broken, one hundred percent, and the art is terrifying. And if your opponent plays two of them against you, there is almost no way for you to win you the can game. Just never attack. You have to deck them. Wow. Which is what yeah. I ended up having to what do. What if you have like online clackenbridge troll that's an 8-8 i mean with that that is the only real way right my beanstalk giant got to be really big sometimes it was like an 11 11 okay yeah that's fair but that doesn't have trample (laughs) yeah it's true so um yeah this card is really 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 good it's better than um what is it inherent the inherent it's you think it's better than ill-gotten inheritance yes i was just thinking that's a good comparison because that's a card that early on people thought wasn't that great and then really rose up this is great no i think it's better potentially than that unless you're able to mill people out consistently because uh yeah it happened to me where as soon as they played the second one there was literally no way i could win the game even though I had plenty of cards in my library, plenty of cards in hand. I still had fewer cards in my library than my opponent because I was playing a deck with a lot of card draw. Oh, yeah. Um, And I was at a healthy life total, and I had gotten them pretty low. There was still no way I could have won the game. Wow. Isn't that that so interesting? I've never been in that situation before where it was absolutely unwinnable. Yeah. Despite lots of factors being in, in my favor. Isn't that weird? Yeah. So I think this card is super, super powerful. Yeah. And you should definitely play it if you get the chance. Dang. Sounds not very fun. No, it was not very fun. Sounds like a, a not fun time to like, and play in a limited Unfortunately, tournament. I didn't have any way in my deck to deal with an right. enchantment. Okay. So Because it is four mana, right? It's four mana. It's four mana, and it doesn't affect the board right away. And so if you can deal with it, you might be able to salvage. But that. as an enchantment, it's you know doesn't yeah. have a lot of ways to get removed. That's a good point. Honestly. How do you feel about true loves kissing the ravens that you said have really (laughs) ugly art like would you be willing to do that to remove the ravens i'm not kissing the ravens i'm kissing the guy who's getting his eyes pecked okay but that sounds like how are you gonna get to him there are ravens in the way i just it's really true love it's gonna be dangerous yeah i I mean i guess that would bloody hopefully you would scare away the ravens is that what's happening they like maybe see that the person was in love Oof. the whole time, and then suddenly this, they, they don't feel the need to have revenge. I think what's going to happen, Greg, is I'm going to give up on true love and just walk away from this one. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> just that is, show them your enchantment <laughs> removal and be like, nah. This like, is, yeah. <laughs> I am not kissing somebody in a forest that's being attacked by eye-eating crows. I'm sorry. <laughs> I found my line. I found my line. <laughs> that's what it is. You know, I always said I would do anything for true love, but I guess I was a gosh darn liar the whole time. Wow. Sorry, everybody. I think that should be an excellent transition for us into our next segment. (laughs) Marie and I, before this podcast, were talking a lot about some of our favorite flavor moments from the pre-release. Things that we did that either like felt really right. Like, yeah, like this is how this is supposed to work or just like felt really wrong <laughs> like like yeah. they just like didn't make any sense 
with and there's what so many opportunities for both of these things to occur yeah. in Throne of Eldraine. So, so here's an example. So we both had a great example with the card Brimstone Trebuchet. Yes. So this Brimstone Trebuchet is a wall that can fire things at the opponent. Um, I my example was I um, was was being killed by this Brimstone Trebuchet, and so I had to uh, put it in a tower. I trapped this trebuchet <laughs> in a tower. And I don't know how you trap a tower inside of another tower. You just build a tower around the first tower. And then it can't trebuchet, but like, don't trebuchets destroy towers? Maybe uh, it's, it, was too, it couldn't get the, you know. Oh, it couldn't, it couldn't have the, it couldn't arc. People listening to the podcast yeah. can't see the <laughs> motion that I'm making with my hand. They couldn't get back far enough to fire. Yeah, they'll be waiting for many days for this to come up on YouTube. Do you know in high school I built a trebuchet in my friend's backyard? Well, it wasn't just me. It was a bunch of us. Is this the end of the story or like did we... Did is, we throw things with it? And like, the end of the story is, isn't that cool? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Whoa, a trebuchet. Maria, that's so cool. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, my, I thought you were going to be like, then we accidentally fired it and like shot coffee oh, beans into my neighbor's window or no, something. No, we were like, quite responsible oh, children. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> my thing that happened with the trebuchet is a glass slipper got put on it, which is so funny. A little trebuchet wearing a glass slipper. I love it so much. I saw someone put a glass slipper on an enchanted carriage, which I just that seems like a bad idea. Yeah, it's feel like that slipper would probably break. It would 100% break. Yeah. It was it's, and it's going to fall off, which hold up. Isn't that the most flavorful thing oh, that can happen with that slipper? Oh, yeah. At midnight, yeah. she leaves it behind on the steps. Yeah, with the midnight <gasps> clock. Oh, it's so beautiful. Also, that crystal slipper was in a game of Pie Gow. Uh, <laughs> Enchanted Carriage Crystal Slipper Dud is a really good Pie Gow pack. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> a lot of uh, flavorful or not flavorful things happen with True Love's Kiss. Oh, yeah. For sure. Because there's a lot of things you don't want to kiss, but you're going to have to if you like, want to get rid of it. I Revenge guess of True Love's Kiss on Trapped in a Tower is pretty flavorful. When I think about it, right? Oh, yeah. Like you kiss the person and now they're no longer trapped in a tower because oh, yeah, they found perfect. true love. I was going to make fun of that one as being silly, but now I see. Hmm. Now you see the error of your ways. And I see that it makes tons of sense. Something that happened. you could kiss the drawbridge to the castle and the drawbridge would just fade away. That's weird. And you would gain insight. Um, drawing Have you ever kissed a bridge, Greg? I don't think so, but I don't want to say no. <laughs> you can't be sure. I, can't be, I don't know. <laughs> We all just learned something about Greg today <laughs> on the show. I kissed the Blarney Stone in Ireland, yeah. which was disgusting. I'm sure. But now I have been granted the ability to speak nonsense and face no consequences the rest of my life. So wow. I feel like it was worth you it. You didn't have that before? <laughs> no, not unless you kiss the stone, Greg. That's how it works. That's how it works. Um, something that I loved, what, which happened to both of us, is I was playing, didn't say please in my deck, because I was playing blue, and um, my opponent, I had open mana, goes to cast a spell and says, may I please cast whatever, and I was like, oh, dang it! <laughs> now I can't counter it! I didn't have it in my hand anyway, but... Oh, yeah, it's, this is the time this happened to me. I also didn't have... They said please, and I also didn't have it in my hand, and their spell got to resolve, so... Ooh, maybe there's something mystical maybe, yeah. going on here. Yeah, wow. <laughs> something that I think uh, makes for a lot of weird phrases is the card Bog Naughty. <laughs> because people are shortcutting to just calling it naughty, and <laughs> my gosh, there are some things you can say, like, I want to bake your naughty into my pie, and I was just like, what did I just hear? <laughs> Is this a PG pre-release or what? 
I I bounced a naughty once. And I was just like, Greg, I bounced so many naughties in my day. <laughs> I played the four or five that if you have an artifact, you get to bounce something. And they were like, what do you want to bounce? And I was like, I'll bounce your naughty. <laughs> I was just like, hmm. And we like made eye contact and then just continued with the game. It was the eye contact lasted only for one second, but it felt like two minutes. <laughs> Tell me what happened with your witch's vengeance too. Oh yeah. I played I I played um the Hansel and Gretel card, Curious Pair, and my opponent had to play Witch's Vengeance to kill it. Um, because I had Oko, um, and they wanted to be able to attack my Oko. And uh, I thought that that was kind of cute, because the whole point of Hansel and Gretel is, like, a witch takes, you know, vengeance on them for stealing their food. And so, like, the thing that happens in the fairy Perfect. tale happened. Things that don't happen in fairy tales. My last match went to time. My opponent was at three life, but they'd stabilized. Um, and I, But I had the bridge that gives all your creatures haste. Uh, and I drew off the top of my deck on the on one of the last cards of the last turns of the game. I drew Goldilocks and the three bears. And so I tapped all my mana, made three bears, made Goldilocks, gave them all haste and attacked. So this just bridge from the tower came down. My opponent thought they were safe and charging out were these three bears with this little girl behind them. And they're Great. like, ah, and my opponent had all their knights and these knights were like, ah, bears. And then they perfect. <laughs> that is awesome. I love that story. And I'm sure you all have some awesome flavor wins and fails from your pre-release, too. If you have one that you want to share with us, please tweet at us at GLHF Magic with the hashtag uh, Bake Your Naughty and or, <laughs> or, or Bounce Your Naughty. Or if you're watching on YouTube, you should comment in the YouTube comments yeah, below. Totally. Both Marie and I will try to look at those yeah. and read all about your fun stories. Or if you're listening to the podcast, go check out the Good Luck High Five YouTube channel and comment there. Yeah. Um, because we would love to hear all of your stories and for you to be able to share them with each other. Yeah, it's it's great that if you're a podcast listener, there's also this outlet for you too to, to see this stuff visually. We do put up card images for the, with the videos. So if you're like, oh, this is a new set, I want to kind of get it into my head. Yeah. We do offer that service on our YouTube videos. So like there's a whole bunch of other content we make up there. Like Wednesdays, we usually post another video. Like this Wednesday, it's going to be um, my pre-release vlog. Oh, yeah. So I'm if so you want to be like, oh, I want to travel along with Maria during her pre-release, you can because I'm going to post that on Wednesday. So you yeah. get to see the whole thing. That's youtube.com slash good Okay, everybody, we're going to play some Flavor Text Theater Super Fight Edition. Yeah, so how this is going to work is Maria and I are each going to get four cards. Yeah. And you get to use your four cards to craft a narrative and, and you like pick a, a creature and they get their tools and their fellow creatures. And we're just going to talk it out and decide uh, who would win in a fight. So who has um, the best story or who has the best? Um, well, who fight? would win in a fight? Okay, okay. Who would win in a fight for sure? All right. Okay, I think this is this is the token and Ooh, I think nice. this is the land and I think this is the rare. Let's make sure the rare gets in there. Okay. So we're okay. going to mix up this gonna, pack. Yep. Throne of Eldraine, which I won at the pre-release, by the way. I went 3-1, so no big deal, everybody. <laughs> I got some. <laughs> All right, so here, wait, no, no, oh, no, wait, no, we got to shuffle. These are our eight. Let's shuffle them up so okay. we don't know who gets the rare. All right. Okay, so so those ones are gone. These are out. Yeah. I'm just going to look at what's out because I need to look. Oh, so we're now going to play with Mystical Dispute, Bell of the Brawl, Steel Guys Griffin, Weaselback, Redcap, Cutest Card in the Set, Insatiable oh. Appetite, or a Locked Wayne Paladin. Okay, which of these two do you want? This one. Nice. I'll take this one. Okay. Oh, this watch is, out. Oh, this is so good. I've got a pretty good team over here. Okay. Do you want to go first or second, Greg? I can go first. Okay. I feel like my craft, Minecraft's a nice narrative. Okay, great. Okay. Um, hey, you know what time it is? What time? You should look at this midnight clock. <laughs> this There's midnight clock will tell you what time it is. Okay. You might think that it's midnight. Yeah. But it's not midnight. It is 
cow o'clock. Battered cow? This battered cow is... I say battered cow! (laughs) Battered cow is coming to battle. But I know what you're thinking, Maria. You're thinking, how can this bartered cow know what time it is? Yeah. Because the bartered cow... Like, look how tall up this clock is. It's, like, way up in the air. And this bartered cow is is on the ground. And, like, I don't know how cows' necks work, but, like, (laughs) I feel like it can't really look up and see the clock. Fortunately, (laughs) this cow is as tall as a beanstalk. (laughs) And so this cow is... Powering up, it can wow. not only know what time it is, but it can see you. But I know what you're thinking, Maria. What? How will the cow attack your monster? That's exactly what I was thinking. It's just a cow. Yeah. It might be tall as a beanstalk. Fortunately, it has a full weapons rack at its disposal. <laughs> <laughs> and so this, this is cow great. is tumbri- tumbling on past this clock with all of these weapons in hand, wow. ready to fight your champion. Okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good, Greg. But can it fight with this? All right. Right, tell All me right. about it. So what's going to happen is swooping down onto the battlefield to take a page from uh, the best, uh, I would say, a book of somebody who does battles. What am I thinking? Like a general's note diary. Sure. The best general's of of at war diary. Yep. Tome Raiders coming in and Ooh. taking some notes out of that general's diary and being like, now I know how to make a great attack. You know what I have to say to that? What? Moo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but Tome Raider's not our champion. They're just helping out. All right, okay, of the course. The champion. Of course. Here comes the champion entering the battlefield. Boom, it's Reaper of Night. Whoa. This is a 4 5 flying specter coming in, being like, I'm going to take you down with my weird, creepy face army. You see that lurking Ooh, behind? That's you? pretty That's pretty gross. And that art, it's really disgusting. <laughs> uh, and now this. Uh, Reaper of the Night is equipped with the diary of the best general that's ever lived. From so, the Tome Raider. Pretty oh, good. they're giving the knowledge to the Reaper of Night. Correct. That's very smart. And, well, you've got to say this Reaper doesn't have a weapon. Well, yeah. joke's on you. He's got a sorcerer's broom. A sorcerer's broom. Wow. <laughs> and you know what's worse than getting hit with like a knife or a magic blast or a, a gun in battle? being smacked in the face with a dry broom. Yeah, that Think sounds about really unpleasant. bad that would hurt. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's got a broom. And you're saying, okay, well, well, this cow's still pretty big. This cow's got a weapons rack, all these items at its disposal. And I'm going to say to you, you have no cow anymore, and neither do you have tall as a beanstalk, because I'm going to play Moonlit Scavengers, and I have an artifact in place, so I'm going to bounce up. Wow, this is not a magic game. <laughs> this is... This is about silly flavor reasons. And I have, okay, I have, I have one counter argument what? to hold your thing. So Reaper of Night and Moonlit Scavengers have something in common. They're both four fives. They are both four fives. But the actual thing they have in common is they both only function at night. <laughs> yeah, Reaper that's true. of Night can only reap at night. Okay. And Moonlit Scavengers can only scavenge when the moon is up. Okay. And that happens at night. That's fair. And you might think, Greg, your monster is a cow. It doesn't know how to tell time. But you forget the most important part of my quadrant of cards, the The midnight midnight clock, clock. which tells the cow that's tall as a beanstalk when it is night. And it will be smart enough knowing the midnight clock to avoid coming out at night, hence avoiding your reaper with the broomstick and the moonlit scavengers. And will only have to take Brett down the foolish tome raider. As everything uh, else is hiding because it's the daytime. You you know what? I can't argue with that, Greg. <laughs> what can we can they decide? Oh, oh sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh how do you want them to decide? I don't know. They could like tweet at Good luck. I can make magic. a poll after this episode oh, comes can out. Make a how about poll. that? That's a nice one. Okay, so on what day? On the Friday after this episode gets released, there'll be the poll and you can vote 
through our Twitter account, do you want Reaper of Night to win or do you want the cow to win? The cow that's tall as a beanstalk and that with can, a weapon drag. Tell time. That can tell time. <laughs> Remember, my, my Reaper's broom is very dry. Yeah. And it's going to feel real bad on your face. Oh, yeah. So just think about you that. You also, like, clearly have the magic win. Like, yeah. if we were playing with magic cards, you would you would win. <laughs> Good thing we're not playing Good with magic cards. These are not magic cards at it's all. Storytelling tools. <laughs> The cow, I don't know how cow's necks work is maybe my favorite thing that's ever been said on this show. We're going to take a minute to thank our other sponsor of the show, Ultra Pro. Yay! So Ultra Pro is so fantastic. They make all of their products up to date with all the newest magic art from sets and also just make some really new cool deck boxes and stuff. Yep. So I know that Guild of Ravnica isn't new anymore, but they have these really cool um, alcove flip boxes with the Guild of Ravnica symbols on them. Their colors match. These boxes are really nice. I got to um, one of my opponents had them and I was very jealous. Um, and the store I went to was sold out of Selesnia because oh. they knew that it was the best guild. Um, fortunately, you have one right here for me to look at and admire. And uh, the Brawl decks are coming out this Friday. So in paper, you, if you already played them on Arena, I'm holding here my favorite one, Fairy Schemes. And wouldn't it look so great inside this Elcove deck box? It sure I think would. It would. I love <laughs> Brawl, so like I'm all in on this. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, can we play if I make a Brawl deck? Absolutely. Will you battle? Nice. What, who do you want your commander to I be? I haven't decided yet. Okay, great. Yes, nice. I 100% play you. I love Brawl. Okay. And these new decks coming out, get get some for your friends, maybe if you want to introduce them to Magic, and get some Ultra Pro deck boxes to put them in. I've got my uh, deck from the pre-release also in this great Ultra Pro M20 box over here, which is really cool, to kind of like three-dimensional snake skin box. They've got so much awesome stuff. Yeah, I've talked about using the set to introduce friends. I think a lot of people like Commander, but Commander can be kind of complicated and yeah. hard to introduce new players to. But Brawl is like Commander, but a little more simple because there yeah. are fewer cards to learn. 100%. And so that could be a great way. Go to Ultra Pro or go to Card Kingdom. Get some Ultra Pro things. Yeah. Uh, get some um, Brawl decks and play them with your friends. Absolutely. That's this week's episode of Good Luck High Five. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Amateur Pro Greg, for being yeah, here. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a blast to be on the podcast, especially now that I'm on a hiatus from streaming. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm always happy to be on. And I'm glad that Megan is having a blast uh, camping. And don't forget when the poll goes up on Friday to vote for <laughs> the cow that's tall as a beanstalk that can tell time because that's the clear winner. Hey, if you want uh, people to follow you, where should they check you out? Oh, Greg? yeah. I'm on Twitter at NeverBully. That's never B O. L-E. Can you explain yourself here? Well, see, it's the funniest uh, Twitter handle in the world um, because I am very hyperbolic as a person. I say things like this cow is the strongest cow and best champion in the world and will easily destroy your Reaper of Midnight. Um, and so when I say things and I want to emphasize that I'm not just being hyperbolic, I really believe that Throne of the Eldraine is the most fun set that they've made in a really long time. I can add a no hyperbole or no bully for short. And uh, <laughs> so great. never bully means that when I say ridiculous things like this, I am being serious and giving, sharing my honest opinion rather than being hyperbolic. Well, Greg, 
you're the greatest hashtag never bully thank you so much for joining us on the show this week and thank you once again to our sponsors cardkingdom.com slash glhf and ultra pro and of course everybody who supports us on patreon you are the number one revenue stream for this and we honestly could not do it without you so head to patreon.com slash glhf magic if you want to become a patron and supporter today and challenge us in a silly format like the ones greg was mentioning at the top of the show because i want to build a one drop deck only cow tribal (laughs) sounds like a lot of fun to me sounds like i'll be playing exactly four cards in my deck greg (laughs) 